pushing me around in a blue t-shirt up on in the skies today. And uh, I'm also going to be coming the flight path for our new Spain site in September as well. Very exciting. We, we had our first event in Spain yesterday uh, at one of the schools and we had uh, some worship, some coffee, some pastries together. It was really good just to gather and see what, what God might be doing there. And so we'll keep you updated as uh, that develops as well. But yeah, we're just excited. Would you pray for us as we, as we take steps in this, this new direction? That's cool. All right. Today we are talking about becoming financially alive. It's part of our Coming Alive series, and we're exploring how we can position ourselves to receive this full, abundant, overflowing life that Jesus promises us. In John 10.10 he says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you can have life and have it to the full. And so today we're going to talk about finances. How can we have this life when it comes to money? As part of this, I'm going to invite one of our trustees up. Kim's going to come up a bit later and share with us our financial report from the last year as well as a church. I'll tell you what, we're so excited by what God is doing through this church. And it's all down to the generosity of you guys, actually, our family, and how you're partnering with us in God's mission for the church. And you might have seen on Twitter this week, a couple of pictures went up. The storehouse team were um, organizing the back room so we can get our open hand project going. It looks a lot different back there, and uh, yeah, it's really cool just seeing what God's doing as we're moving into this next stage as well. It's really good. All right, so money is integral to our world, isn't it? Just look on a couple of slides. It's how we trade, it's how we do business, how we provide for our families, it's how we ascribe worth to something or someone, isn't it? We just had Valentine's Day. Did you guys remember Valentine's Day? Things like that there. Yes? Oh, good, good, good. Some people it's important, some people it's not so important, I know, I know. In the UK, though, we managed to spend £855 million on Valentine's Day. Does that sound like a lot of money to you? Sounds like quite a lot of money to me, okay. If you think that's a lot of money, how much money do you think they spent in America on Valentine's Day last year? Does anyone want to hazard a guess for me? What do you think? Shout something out. A billion? Yeah, okay, okay. And any other guesses? You're getting closer, you're getting closer. Okay, it was actually $20.7 billion. Okay, there was more money spent on Valentine's Day than Easter or Halloween last year in the US. So, but I mean, come on guys, you can't put a price on love, can you really? I mean, come on. Like, so, money, money is, a, is, is integral to our world, isn't it? And I can admit, I quite like shopping. I quite like buying something. There's a, there's a feeling you get, isn't there, when you sit by now or when you browse and you buy something. It's good. And so money can bring joy. It can bring happiness. We can enjoy that. But the thing is that money can also cause great stress and anxiety as well. Whether it's because we're worried about how we're going to provide for our needs or the needs of our family, whether there's people who have expectations on us or we should live a certain way. Maybe there's something more malicious going on. Maybe we're the victim of a, a scam or something. Like this, this is something that's happened to two people in my family where they've been tricked into giving money away when they didn't need to. Um, one of them uh, got an email from who they thought was their bank and it wasn't and ended up having some money taken from their account. The other one, um, they bought what they thought was a health product and it actually turned out to be a scam as well. And it's just horrible. Like, it's, you, you feel empty, you feel trapped. Um, if you're in debt, it feels like you've got this burden around your neck sometimes. I mean, if you've been there, you know what it feels like. And it, and it really does take the life out of you. It can steal the life 
come inside of you. And I want to tell you that that's not God's intention for any of us today. He doesn't want any of us to be held back by worry or fear or by debt or by money problems. Whatever situation you might be in with, with money, God does not want us to be financially dead. And today there's hope for all of us. Okay? I want to say that to you. There are things that God wants to do to turn your life upside down, turn it the right way up. He wants to bring freedom today. I really believe that there is freedom right here. And it can start this morning. So we're going to read from the Bible together. Why don't you grab your Bible or your phone, and uh, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 13. Sorry, chapter 12, verse 13. It's going to come up on the screen behind me as well. Let's read together. Someone in the crowd said to him, said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, because, you know, he's, he's cool like that. Man! Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of food. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store all of my crops. And then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll store all of my surplus grain. And then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you've prepared for yourself. This is how it will be, Jesus said, for those who store things up for themselves, but are not rich towards God. So Jesus is speaking to the crowd of people and money gets brought up. The situation, the, the subject of money. And Jesus decides not to address the actual situation that is brought up because he knows that's not really what his focus is. His focus is about declaring the kingdom of God, demonstrating the power of God, inviting people into the kingdom of God. And so instead he chooses to use the situation to speak into the culture because money has always been contentious issue. It's always been an important thing. And so, his main point, the thing I want to focus on, I love this phrase, he says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he goes on to tell a parable, a story, to illustrate his point. So the rich, this rich man, his ground produces an abundant harvest. And he fills his barn, he's got no room left. So what he does he says, I'm going to build more barns. And you think, well, that's, surely that's not a bad thing to build more barns to put his grain in. But then we hear why he's doing it. He's doing it because he wants to keep it for himself. You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. There's pride in there as well. Do you hear that? He's, he's boasting in the produce of his land. But then he doesn't realize that that night he's going to come to a sticky end. His life will be demanded of him. And he realizes that he can't take with him all the stuff that he's stored up on earth. Then he will get what you prepared for yourself as a question. And Jesus says this is how it will be for those who store things up themselves but are not rich towards God. So, we're going to 
focus on this thing. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So Jesus came to announce this kingdom, God's rule and reign, breaking into our world as Jesus arrived. And in this kingdom that we're invited to be part of when we say yes to Jesus, we discover that there are kingdom ways of living. Now, as we discover how to live Jesus' way, we can receive this full and abundant life in all areas. What it means is this kingdom of God is actually an upside-down kingdom. A lot of the things that we think about our world are actually upside-down in God's kingdom. So at other times, Jesus says things like, the first will be last, and the last will be first. Or, to be a good leader, you need to serve. Or, to get back at your enemy, you need to love them. And it's the same with money. Jesus here sets out another upside-down principle compared with what the world says. The world says we should work harder, gain more money, that we should buy more stuff, that we should get a better house, provide more for our kids, that to be rich, we need to gain more. And advertising plays into this, doesn't it? It sells us an idea. It sells us a picture of what our life can be like if we had the possessions, the house, the money, all these things. Sometimes I think like that, that my life would be great if I bought this car, if I had a house here, or maybe if I had these kind of friends. I don't know, there's a couple of pictures I've put up. Um, these, these adverts come up on my Instagram account sometimes from passenger clothing, and they're trying to sell me the idea of getting a camper van and going to the beach. But it, what they're really trying to sell is the clothes, okay? But they're selling me this whole lifestyle, okay? And I, you know, I would love to have a camper van. I would love to have this life and go to the beach. I think it would be awesome, okay? And it's interesting to be able to... They're, they're basically saying life consists here. It, it exists in this place. And it might, okay, but... I, I want to say that actually there's more than that. that. That even if we get all the things that we want, and even if we get everything that we think we need, it, it's going to be a bit empty. There's still going to be more. We're going to need more there to satisfy us. The kingdom way, Jesus' way, is that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. In fact, it exists elsewhere. So where does this life exist? How can we become financially alive? How can we use our money to produce life? How can we become rich towards God? Well, Jesus outlines this later in the, in the passage. So we're going to read a little bit. It's going to come up behind me as well. Verse 29, we'll start there. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your Father knows what you need. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus encourages us to do two things. The first one in verse 31 he says, Seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. He tells us not to worry. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will wear. People go running after these things. It says that the pagan world runs after these things. But actually, your father knows that you need them. He knows that you guys need this stuff. He knows that 
we need to provide for our families. But actually what he's asking of us, this upside down thing, is for us to put him first. And then he will add all that stuff to us. He'll provide the rest. So what does that look like? Well, it's about putting God first, isn't it? It's about following him, about making decisions, to do things based on what he's saying. Praying to God, asking him, should I do this? Should I spend this money? Should I do this job? Where should I live? Giving it to him. I want to share a bit of our story, mine and Beth, just so that you can see a little bit about how we put our trust in God. And it's not because we've got it worked out completely, okay? We're still learning as well. But I hope that you'll be encouraged by some of the things that we've found that have happened. So when we got married, we decided that we wanted to tithe, that we were going to give the first 10% of our income to God. We felt this is what God was calling us to do. And so we did this by standing order to our, our church that we're a part of. And we decided that if we trusted God, then we should do this, that we should worship Him in this way. And God was saying to us, don't worry about what you will eat or drink, seek first the kingdom. So we did this. And what was amazing was, during our first year of marriage, we didn't have a lot of money, but we decided to give. You know, I, I was working part-time for a church and a youth pastor. Beth was a uh, teaching assistant at a school. And I was a little bit naive, because when you first move out of home, you don't really realize all the things your parents pay for. Okay, I have to admit, you, you parents are all nodding, going, yes, yes. But, you know, we, we, got, we got to the flat that we were in, and, uh, okay, I've got to pay rent now, right? Yeah, okay. Council tax. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. Okay. Um, then there's bills that come through the door. And then we've got to run a car as well, and there's insurance for the car and for the house. And then product insurance. Do I need that? And I don't know. Anyway, just lots of money seems to be going, going out for stuff. And, and we, yeah, we were careful. We were organized. We tried to make a budget and everything. But sometimes things just come up, don't they? You get bills come through and stuff breaks. And you're like, man, I've got to pay for this now as well. And then there's things you want to do. You want to go out. You want to have fun. You want to go to events and things. And then sometimes it got to the end of the month. And we looked at our account. And I couldn't explain how we paid for some of the stuff like some of the bills that are coming. And I have to say, it's because of God. Like, I really believe that He just provided for us through that time, and He has done. And even those months where it was really thin, and we were like, man, we've got to pay for that water repair, or whatever it was, like, we decided to keep giving. We decided still to give first, and then God did provide. Like, He always provided for us in, in those moments, and, and He has done ever since. And we've always decided that we're going to live like this. And we trusted God in that, and He was good, and He came through. And I encourage you guys that you can do that as well. You can test God in it and see that He's going to provide because He really does. And the same more recently when our car broke. Okay, we um, got quite a nice car. Uh, we got it on a deal, new and stuff, so it was working fine. Then we started commuting to here when we first moved, and uh, so our mileage went up dramatically. And I missed a service. I know, bad news. And uh, then it started going clunk, 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 and so I took it to the garage, and they're like, oh dear. You know, like they do, they always go, oh dear. This is bad. And I was like, oh no, how bad is it going to be, really? It's a new car, it's under warranty, it's going to be okay. And uh, he's like, I'm afraid you're going to need a brand new engine. Like a whole engine? Like, and uh, yeah, so he, and then he was like, and because you missed a service, you didn't service on time, it's not going to be covered under warranty. And, and I was like, okay how much is it going to be? And he's like, well, it's going to be uh, 
9,000 pounds. You know, and they always say it really quietly. 9,000 pounds? Like, oh, I don't think the car's worth that much money, you know? Like, oh, and we need a car. We're driving to this side and, like, we've got to pray. We've got, and I went to Beth and I told her straight away, because we could be honest, isn't it, straight away. And I was like, Beth, we need to, we need to pray. Like, what are we going to do? And we, so we started praying and we needed God to come through. We needed, where are we going to get this money from? And so we went, we appealed against it through the warranty, and we were like, my parents were praying about it. They were trying to figure out, my dad's mechanic friend trying to find an engine somewhere. Anyway, in the end, what was amazing was it came back from the appeals guy, and he said, what we're going to do, we're going to pay for the engine, and all you've got to do is pay for the, for the work to be done. And so we ended up only having to pay £1,000 to get our car back on the road. And... That was amazing. That was such a, a piece of providence from God. It was Him providing for us. In a moment where we believed that we were following His call to come here to this church, to work here, we were halfway between like moving house to get here, and it was taking a while, and we needed a car. And you know what? God just said, It's okay, I've got this covered. I've got this covered. You, you're where I want you to be, and so don't worry about it. So seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you as well. And that's, that's true for all of us. I want to encourage you that we can seek God's kingdom first, and these things will be added to us as well. Secondly, I really believe that Jesus encourages us to live generously. And this is the upside down bit that we is a little bit confusing. So, to become rich, we actually need to give money away. Yeah? To become rich, we actually need to be generous. Jesus says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know what? Living generously brings freedom. Which is strange, isn't it? Because we think, actually, we're, we're worried so much about getting and building up enough stuff to be able to survive. But actually, when we choose to give, when we choose to be generous, there's a freedom that comes, and it is an upside-down thing. It's something you can't really explain. It's something that is just true, that as we give, God gives to us as well. And maybe not, I'm not saying you're going to get really rich if you give lots of money, but God provides, okay? He really does, and He gives us assurance, He gives us peace, and actually, we get to bless what He's doing, and we're going to share the financial report with you guys and what's been going on in our church. But so much amazing stuff happens here because of your generosity. And people are blessed. The community is blessed. We see God's love being shared. And it's amazing to be part of the story. And as we do that, other people are able to see God's love as well and thank God for Him. And so I want to invite Tim to come and share with us our financial report for last year, just so you can see a bit of what goes on at the church. Thank you very much. Um, so once a year, what we do is we take stock of our finances and we reflect back on some of the things that we've been able to do during the previous year, how we've used all the resources that God has made available to us. So in your seat near you, hopefully you'll find one of these annual church reports. Um, this is for you to take away and read. There's a lot of detail in there. So I'm just going to highlight a few things for us. Um, first thing, of course, is to say 
a big thank you. Dave's been talking about living generously. Um, we are so grateful to our generous God and to our generous, faithful, regular givers here at Riverside. Our total income, you can see on the fourth inside page, was £768,000 last year. And that includes um, gifts that we've received, but also a growing amount of income from hiring out our lovely rooms here, which is, which is brilliant. And I always have to thank the taxman for his generosity. It's, it's rare to be able to do that, isn't it? But once a year, we like to do it here. Um, we've already mentioned Give Dave during our, our service. And if you're here every week, you'll notice we mention it every week. This explains why. £103,000 came back from the tax man because of people having signed up to Give Dave. That helps us to sustain our ministry and also to grow new ones. So it's such an easy thing to do, and it's so very valuable for us here. And then um, on that same page, just below where we show the income, we show you how it's been spent. And we allocate all the different expenses to the different ministries. So I hope that's of interest. But because we do it that way, it hides the fact that there's some very big ongoing regular costs in there. Um, I don't know how much your gas and electricity costs, but here at Riverside, it costs us about £30,000. So a lot of money. And on top of all those regular expenses, we have been able to make some significant investments this year, and this is just amazing. And we've invested in the children's and the youth ministry and also in our storehouse centre development. Do you remember last year we were talking about the Open Hand Project last spring and last summer? Well, all the new windows are now in. Have you, have you seen them? They are amazing. They have made such a difference to those rooms on the back of the building. So much lighter. We can actually open them and let air in. It's just amazing. And they're much more energy efficient as well. So that is great. And then in storehouse, a whole load of walls have been knocked down, which is a wee bit scary, but very, very exciting to see that starting now. Um, we look forward to that being completed in a few weeks' time. It's going to be a bit difficult for a few weeks, so please pray for us as that's ongoing, but it will be just wonderful when it's done. And during this year, we also had some remarkably generous one-off gifts, and they, they enabled to, us to do other things. So um, you may not have been aware of this, but our old roof on the old part of the building was a bit leaky, which was a bit of a worry, and we've been praying about that but we got a lovely generous gift that enabled us to repair the whole roof. We were also able to refurbish the youth room, which is now looking really cool, I think that's the expression. And, um, and uh, as well, we've made an additional mortgage repayment, which is something um, we want to be able to do. It's not all about money. It's also about all the skills and uh, all the time that people put in. So the centre pages just share all the things that have been going on um, uh, in Riverside and in the local community, which is great stuff. This report is set out in quite an easy-to-read format. If you haven't been able to lay your hands on one as I've been speaking, there'll be some spares at the back as you go out, so do take one away. If you are really mad for numbers, and some of us are, obviously, 
um, then you can, of course, always ask for a copy of our full account because um, as a charity and a company, we produce full accounts which are independently audited. And um, if you'd like a copy, get in touch with us, get in touch with the church office. And we love to answer your questions. So on the round after the service, there are pictures of all the trustees um, on the back wall. So pick us out on a Sunday morning if you want to ask us about anything. Um, and if you can't track us down, just tell the office and they'll put you in touch with us. And we would love um, to answer any questions you have. Thank you so much. One of my favourite things to be part of this year is the Shore House Christmas party again. And uh, I got to be dressed as Hulk, not as the green face paint, hair gel. That's not where all my budget goes, just to make sure you know. Quite a lot of the hair gel, but yeah, it, it was great. And, and some stories coming out about from the prayer team were really cool. Just how um, people were, were coming to receive gifts for their family and to have a good time, but then they were offered some prayer as well. And uh, they were sharing their situation with the team. And the team were just able to pray into what was going on in their lives. And they were able to receive Jesus into their situation as well. That's what we love. We love that, that compassion and generosity. Just, it, it just opens up a way for Jesus' kingdom to come in. And when people receive this generosity as well, they, they can feel God's love. And it helps them to, to encounter God. And so as we're generous, as we give, actually... God is able to do so much. He multiplies our giving in ways we can't even understand or imagine. And it's amazing to be part of that, I have to say. Um, so today, I just, I'd, I'd love to encourage us all just to think about our giving again, to think about, about what we give, and to think about whether, whether there's something that God is asking you to do today. Um, maybe you've never given before, and I'd just love to encourage you to take the first step and to give something. Just give something to, to speak to God, to see what He does. Uh, whether it's a big amount or a small amount. Maybe you or have already given and God's asking you to give regularly. Maybe you commit to doing that. We love it when people give to standing order as it's, it's such a good way that we can plan our budgets and know what's coming in. But also it means that none of us forget if we put it on standing order. Maybe you do give regularly and we're so thankful for that. Maybe God's inviting you to increase your giving. Maybe you've had a pay rise recently and you've not adjusted your giving after that. Maybe God's inviting you to tithe, to give the first 10% of your income to God, the first fruits of our labor. Maybe we ought to do that and God is just prompting us that actually maybe we can be a bit more generous. I, I don't know. Like God asks us to, to give generously, to give cheerfully. And if you want more information about giving and, and what the Bible says, and there are booklets on the slides as well, generous giving ones, and you can look at those. We'd, we'd love you just to consider it more. And, you know, this is the only thing, actually, in the Bible where God says you can test me on it. It's interesting, he says, don't test God. But he invited me, he says, look, why don't you test me on this? Because, and just see that I don't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out my blessing on you. And because it, it's, it's a discipleship thing, it's a trust thing. As we trust God with our money, as we trust Him 
the relationship grows and we can see his faithfulness. And I tell you what, it's, it's amazing to see what God does. And I, I want to invite you to, to see that.